Okay. As long as I don't touch it, it should be fine. All right, you ready? All right, go, go ahead. Sorry. I'm Austin Lugo. I'm Andrew Harp. This is With Nothing to Say. Let's talk about Hannah B. It's been a long time since we've podcast. When's the last time we podcast? It, it, it was just Andrew? like a bit of a hiatus, I would say. Maybe like a few months, a few month hiatus. Been busy. Yeah, we just had other things you gotta do. A lot of and, things um, to do. But you know, it's fun to be back. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. I I I, yeah, we're I, back. I personally myself haven't been I'm watching pumped. a lot of movies, at least as much as I have been like this past year. Yeah. And I think Kitano was a, is a good uh good director to get into to get over that slump i would say yeah for sure it's been it's been a hot minute since i've kind of dedicated to watching a movie i mean i've been watching like every now and then but i've been busy we've been so busy yes, got to get back into it i'm pumped yeah. i'm ready yeah so what is this movie about andrew you're gonna have to like a... do a lot of explaining <laughs> why what the what's wrong <laughs> i don't know i don't fully understand this movie you mean you didn't like it no I liked it. I just don't get it. You mean just like basic plot stuff? Or yes, like I, I don't about? get. I don't get basic basic plot stuff. Well, what are you confused about? What's like the number one thing you're confused about? I don't know. I okay. <laughs> I like, guess we'll get into it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I guess I understand. Like, there's this guy, and yeah, he he owes a loan shark money, and so he yeah. robs a bank. Yeah. And and then like they, they still come after him. But then there's also yeah. the other guy who's who painter. Becomes, yeah, his partner who becomes uh yeah. Um he loses his uh, legs. And how how does he lose his legs again? He's shot? at the beginning of the at movie the beginning. When he's shot by a guy. Yeah. Right. Okay. I, I don't know why uh I struggled to grasp the plot of this movie i i've spent most of this movie kind of confused it's a very floaty movie um yeah. but it's a very beautiful movie i would say it's a very effective movie but we'll get into it here's some important context though about this movie so this movie hannah b fireworks released in 1997 directed by takeshi katano so katano is an interesting guy because before he started directing movies he was actually already very famous he kind of has the same kind of trajectory as someone like jerry lewis Okay. Or like Mike Nichols. He became famous in Japan, in this country of Japan, for being a comedian. I think he, I believe he was in a comedic duo. Oh. Okay. Um, you know, like Martin Lewis. Yeah. And, but then after that, he became very famous as, like, like I said, like an actor. He's acted in a bunch of movies. He's a comedian. He's a television host. But then he started directing movies. And that's probably what he's most known for internationally. In Japan, I think he's known for a lot of different things. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's like a cultural, you know. Icon. Like I think Touchstone. Yeah, he's an yeah. icon there. But I think internationally, he's just known for his movies. Um, But this movie, I think, is particularly important because it won him the Golden Lion oh, um, at the Venice International Film Festival. And I think Kitano even says that, like, um, you know, with that award, it kind of helped him. Uh, establish himself as like more of a credible filmmaker even though at that point I believe Hanabi is like his like fifth or sixth movie or something like that and okay. I mean and I would say that like even before Hanabi he has made movies that are better or about as good um, 
But like with that award, he became a clean filmmaker. But another piece of context is that this movie was released in 97. In 94, Kitano got involved in a motorcycle accident that Damn. partly paralyzed right at the side of his face. Oh. The, another important thing is that, of course, in the movie, you see a lot of paintings. Yeah. Those are all Kitano's paintings that he painted after he got into his accident. Wonderful painter. They're very like amateur paintings, but I like them. Yeah. They're very good. There's something like, like, even though they are, they, they're very amateuristic, but there's something very creative about them. Like there's something strange and weird and kind of almost a little David Lynchian, like in his work, how he's like, you know what I mean? Cause like David yeah. Lynch's work, like it's, it's pretty like amateur drawings too, but there's something like just kind of out there about his work. And I think, yeah, even though this one's not as like his work isn't as dark or, you know, it still has that surreal quality to it, I guess. It's kind of... They're all over the movie. They're all... They're, like, on the walls of every, like, interior mm-hmm. in the movie. Every, like, a bar, a hospital. They're uh, everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah. And like I said, you know, those are were made after he got into his accident. Another thing that's important to point out, Kitano, is that he directs, writes, edits, and stars in his movies. So, so much. He's got so much yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a lot going on. <laughs> I mean, even though he's got a million things going on seemingly simultaneously there Mm -hmm. is such a sense of patience and just a willingness to to wait and to hold on images I mean the editing of this film could be described as almost slow in the sense that it's just it'll hold on an image forever and just way and way and has no interest in sort of entertaining I suppose would be one way to put it the audience I mean even you know as we get into it the action scenes they almost never actually show the action they just show the before yeah. and then the after effects of the action scene like you never you yep. almost never actually see any of the action itself it go or it goes by extremely quickly especially <laughs> in comparison to everything else that's based yeah. in the movie but like i guess like to get into like the plot of the movie mm-hmm. like i said kitano he like stars in it and he plays a police detective he has a you know kitano i think is known for he he's made a lot of different movies but he's known for his kind of like gangster yakuza cop movies mm-hmm. and in this he plays a, a former police detective who had to retire and his wife is sick leukemia or some sort of she cancer like, can't yeah she's dying of cancer and he has to borrow from money like you said borrow money from the yakuza is that um, to pay the medical bills pay him. is that why yes okay yes that's the way to pay his medical bills is to borrow money from the yakuza and they're getting angry at him because he's not paying them back i, I love the intro of the movie by the way that little intro with like the music and the editing. I just love that part of the movie where it like opens up with like, I think like a painting and like with the music and everything. And you get the title card, like the beautiful title card. And it's like on a bridge, I think like some like bridge. I don't know what bridge it is or what city. I just love that intro, but it, it, it's indicative of his, of the way Kitano's movies are where it'll like kind of like cut on, it'll kind of like spin around on a dime where it'll like cut to like Kitano's character, like at his car and these guys are like eating sushi on his car and then in a, and then he fucking like beats them up in a second and then he's and then the guy is like um like washing yeah. uh, like washing his car because they were eating like food on top of it and no dialogue is exchanged yeah, and in fact very little dialogue is exchanged in the movie so little dialogue especially between him and his wife i'm trying to does the wife ever say yeah. 
a single line of dialogue. <laughs> I can't really think of it. Oh, at the very end. Yeah. Just one line of dialogue, which is really intriguing, especially since, I mean, no one in this has a whole lot of dialogue. It is mostly shown kind of through not even action so much. It's almost a, in a lot of ways, it's a movie about the things that aren't shown, right? The things that aren't seen, the yeah. things that are kind of behind the camera. It's sort of self-aware in the sense that it is a movie, like not only in the sense of how it refuses to show actions, but almost all of the kind of the big moments in this movie, all of the kind of climactic moments, especially in the end, which we'll talk about later, they're all off screen. It's all kind of insinuated, suggested, but rarely does he actually yeah. show what's going on or, you know, you'll have these kind of jumps in time again, where you're kind of missing what would traditionally be like the big moments of the film, like the main action of the film, which I think is part of the reason why upon first watching, I was a bit confused. Yeah, the jumping in time is a little confused, yeah. is a little confusing. There's this incident that basically haunts Nishi, right? It's the incident where he's a detective and he's with his all, all of his guys and they have to track this guy down. Yeah. And this scene, like I like we talked about, kind of jumps around throughout like the movie. Mm-hmm. So a little confusing. But, you know, basically the idea is that Nishi and his, and his partner, Haribe, they have to track this guy down. So like there's the stakeout where they're trying to find the guy. I think he said he committed a massacre or like a rampage yeah, or something, something like, that. like that. So like they got to get this guy. So they're like staking out his place and they talk about his wife too, about seeing his wife hmm. right in the hospital yeah. because they're all, they're all worried about his wife and him. And then at one point, Haribe, he agrees to do um, a stakeout while Nishi goes and sees his wife in the hospital mm-hmm. and the other two guys leave. So he's like by himself doing the stakeout, which I mean, you know, you can kind of figure at that point that like, oh, something bad is going to happen to him. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, that's when <clears throat> the guy gets shot and ends up in a wheelchair. And that's kind of, man, I love that cut where like this, uh, uh, the is lighter in, where he's no, yes, with yes. the cigarette. Yes. Yeah. When he's smoking cigarette, <laughs> like where Nishi goes in and he sees his <laughs> wife and they both don't talk at all. They're just like sitting there. And then right when he lights a cigarette, like the, there's like a, very quick shot of a gun getting shot and you see Haribe getting shot. Crazy. It's wonderful. It's amazing. Just overall, I mean, the editing in this is just absolutely brilliant, but I mean, that moment so good. is just like the first kind of like really thoughtful edit. They're like, oh, oh shit. It's it's an incredible yes. moment. It's a series of very thoughtful edits, yeah. I would say. Yeah, absolutely. So his partner's shot and now he feels bad about it and his partner's all sad and... Well, not only that too, but another, uh, someone died too. Right. At the thing. Right. Right. Like a couple of them, they go down into the subway and they are able to find him and tackle him. Mm-hmm. I love how he tried to catch him. He like jumps out of like a, like a newsstand. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing about his movies is that this movie and along with other movies, you know, Kitano is a comedian. So there is some, there's some jokes in the movie. Yeah. They're very, very light jokes, mm-hmm. but they're, they are in there for sure. They're kind of just these these little moments, yeah. and they're taken very straight face. You know, there's no, uh, I mean, they're humorous yeah. moments like that moment and a couple other moments in the film, right. but they're kind of just like set off to the side, which is endearing almost. I don't know. It creates a a sense of humanity, I guess, in the films. Yeah, it's like they're silly. I like when um, yeah, I like when um, like uh, one of the guys, one of the detectives, is like, "Oh, doesn't his wife have cancer? Isn't she gonna die?" And then Haribe's like, "Hey, shut the fuck up." <laughs> Like, cause that's bad luck. Yeah. And then the detective is with another guy later in the movie who says the same thing, yeah. like the guy who got in trouble. And then he also scolds him. 
like I just like it's like different levels of like scolding depending on where you are you know it's like this funny as fuck it's nice like you said it's like not like crafted well maybe they are but you know they're not really like like you said they're moments yeah like these little like kind of like humorous moments um it really kind of uh makes the movie a little bit lighter Mm -hmm. and not too long after this is when we learned that Nishi is just a for unexplainable reasons I mean I guess because he's a former police detective or or something he is a total badass I mean he just a killing machine of he's sorts. Aw- he's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In all those movies, he's a bad. <laughs> awesome, perfect. I love it. But that. he doesn't. He doesn't really talk that much in this movie. Of course, just specifically talking about this movie, mm-hmm. he does not talk very much at all. Especially no. Of the movies I've seen, he doesn't really talk very much at all. Mm-hmm. He really kind of just lets him his. I don't know. He really just kind of lets his being kind of say what needs to be said you know when he's like sitting down or i love his like sunglasses he wears a lot of sunglasses a lot through the movie too and he's got these like crazy looking sun the fits and his fits in the movie are great (laughs) he looks great and even just behind the sunglasses i don't know like kitano he he just he's a good actor he's maybe not like the greatest actor in the world Mm -hmm. but i don't know he's able to convey like a lot of like pain and i don't know suffering even when he's just kind of like sitting and wearing sunglasses yeah there's a lot of nuance in his performance he doesn't really smile much or at all in the film he kind of does have almost a stone face look like 90 percent of the time and yet despite that right despite the fact that seemingly he's almost expressionless and on top of that he's wearing sunglasses right so you're hiding kind of like the main i think mechanism it might also be because he's a little he's still a little self-conscious about his paralysis yeah yeah i'm sure that that's also part of it but but even so there's this i don't know and maybe it's just the world around him that's created the way other people react to him or maybe it's in his body Mm -hmm. language but there is something beneath all of this i'm not exactly sure yeah he's great how to how to explain what it is but you know despite the fact that he's not performing in the same way say i don't know uh fucking spencer tracy or whatever performs there's something touching and, and intriguing in his performance and you can tell that you know whenever he doesn't yeah. have his sunglasses on which you know there's not a ton of moments but there are moments every now and then like there's this kind of sadness or darkness underneath it all i love it too when um after the fact you know after that detective gets killed and his friend gets paralyzed and mm-hmm. stuff like i just love all the little moments where they're like you know it's not your fault like people keep constantly telling him it's not his fault <laughs> It's like very sad but he very much believes it is his fault which i mean like right right he feels super bad yeah which i understand i mean it's not his fault but then again it kind of is it's not his fault really i guess <laughs> i mean i don't know i mean it is a bit it's hard to say yeah but nonetheless yeah. But he's a total badass. It's very sad. Yeah, he's he's a very yeah, sad. He, badass. But he is a total. He's a badass, but he can do like anything, right? He can do so many cool ass, crazy shit. But it, the only thing he can't do though is protect the ones that he loves. He couldn't save his daughter from dying. Yeah. He can't save his wife from dying, and he can't. He couldn't save his friend from getting paralyzed. Like he wasn't able to do any of those things, even though like he can do so much. <laughs> it, it's very sad. This guy was a. Just a super sad life. And maybe that's a uh, part of his badassery. And that first moment of violence uh, outside of the gunshots, of course, is when I assume he kills that guy with the chopsticks or at least stabs him in the eye. No, he doesn't. 
Oh, that's right. No, he because, doesn't. He has yeah, he, he, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, later. Yep. yeah the, the scene in the bar is amazing. Stuff like that is so much fun in uh, these Katana movies. Like the violence is so quick, but very impactful. It's very rough. Hits up the chopsticks and fucking like stabs him in the eye. I think he maybe kills the other no, guy. No, no, that guy's know. in it later he, like, too. Really hard. He doesn't kill either. Oh, okay, but gotcha. he definitely shows them both lesson. Yeah, and in this movie too, and in other Kitano movies that I've seen, like he'll like he'll his actors they'll hit each other. There's not a lot of simulated like hitting in his movies for the most part. Obviously, if you get like hit with like a chair or something, it's probably simulated or something like that. But like people will like slap each other around in this movie and in others, and they're really doing it. The hits in this movie, all of it feels very visceral, and and part of it I think is just because like. Every time anyone hits anyone, there's just a shit ton of blood. Like there's always blood just coming out of people's faces and mouths and all this shit. (laughs) I love the moment where they're like, two of the guys are standing at his car. Again, Mm. they keep trying to like threaten this guy, which I don't know why they keep trying when this guy's clearly just beats the shit out of everyone. Yeah, he beats beats every, yeah, he's so good at beating up everyone. But they're like (laughs) threatening him and uh, Nishi just like punches the guy in the face. The guy falls to the ground. And then he like yeah. drops a knife like right in front of his face and he like yeah. catches it right before. Oh, it's so good. Amazing. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's a good moment. Yeah. Yeah. He's so fucking cool, but he's so sad. Like he does everything with such melancholy and such sadness. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Once again, like that character, it has so much baggage, but he doesn't really have to say anything to really like convey it, which once again, I think is just, you know, I think a testament to just, you know, the writing and just the acting overall, as we've discussed. You know, in the very next scene, we learn that, or at least from my perspective, you kind of assume that his wife is not going to make it through, right? That's just going to pass away. They never go out and say it, but between his conversation between the doctor and him, like, it's very clear, like, he's, like, going on a trip and do all this stuff. And I think it's interesting how much of this film, not only do they visually kind of avoid the action or the main events of it but no one ever seems to be talking to each other they're kind of all talking around each other like no one ever kind of talks about the things that need to be talked about which is a very surreal experience and i i think Mm -hmm. uh it adds to his sense of isolation right no one really talks to him even his wife right there's almost no conversations between him and his wife and as a viewer you feel his sense of isolation because you kind of everything's kind of happening around you and and this weird sense of time dilation and and the way you experience the Mm -hmm. film it's a very uh lonely existence i suppose scenes in the movie are also very short they happen very quickly like a moment will just happen in a second and then it'll disappear like i'm thinking of like um the introduction of the guy that he uh, buys like all the cop car stuff from like he just has that moment and it obviously it kind of it kind of comes back around a little later, like in a joke. He like he like gets into a fight with like a guy that he hit or something. Like he got into a car accident and then he drives away and hits it again. It's like a good moment. It's just like a funny mo- moment to like kind of set up that character, I guess. Like it's just it doesn't really like add anything to like the overall like arc of the story. But yeah, like he decides that he wants to rob a bank. Essentially, at the beginning of the movie, he kind of meets and talks with all these people that had been affected, you know, from his job, basically. He meets like the widow of the guy who died. He meets Haribe, his friend, who is just so depressed. He is like doing really badly and he's clearly mm-hmm. suicidal. And his like wife and like child aren't like with him anymore. Like they left him. Yeah. They don't want to be Jesus with him Christ. anymore. 
because he's paralyzed and his wife is now living at his home because essentially like it's over like it's done you know she's basically just chilling at home now so he decides to rob a bank because there's so many different things you know that he has to take care of and that part of the movie is nice it's basically like just like the easiest heist ever not the easiest heist but he plans it out really well again what's so fascinating about this heist is what in most movies would kind of be like this really big spectacle and not to criticize you any uh great heist film like oceans 11 or uh you know one one of the the dozens of great heist films that makes this really big thing out of out of a heist or even what the what was it called the friends of some eddie coyle the friends of eddie coyle yeah what we talked about yeah probably one of the greatest heist films of all time but in this it's just like i'm gonna rob a bank and then like there's just like a scene i mean he plans it out and you know there's a couple of scenes where like he goes to the junkyard and figures some stuff out but in the end like the whole heist is probably like what two minutes on screen i mean he just walks into a bank yeah dresses a cop grabs the money and then drives away like there's no like i guess perhaps you could say like this film refuses to be it's saccharine or or to dramatize anything like it's just like it's a bit of a it's a bit of a genre subversion i think from like just kind of like typical cop yakuza heist stuff you know i think that and kitano probably knows that because i mean he's made these movies you know he he's very familiar with them I mean, it's still a great scene, right? It's it's a really well thought out. Right, it's great. There's no there's no dialogue, no dialogue. No, nothing. It's just like buys a taxi, he paints it, and he fucking drives mm-hmm. off. He goes to a bank, and then he just like he just robs it. Like no one like, makes a fuss. There's no like big chase <laughs> scene or like you know people yelling or screaming. Yep. It's just like this little couple minutes on the screen, and it's just like the problem is immediately solved. Like that's it's worked out. <laughs> Yeah, they don't catch him. He just is able to easily evade <laughs> these people. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's just uh, it's just it's a, it's a satisfying watch, but it's very uh, toned down. The movie, of course, is very beautiful looking. I don't know if we've mentioned it's a very beautiful looking movie. You get a nice mix of Japanese sites. You get like cities. You get like more mountainous regions. You get like valleys and beaches. I think Kitano likes to do that. I think he likes to kind of like have like a variety of backgrounds. You know, like in his movies in Japan, like he doesn't he doesn't just want to focus on like a city. He wants to focus on like them going to a city and then a beach. And then like, you know, of course, later on in the movie, they're out in the snow. You know, you get like just and, and he's able to, I think, frame everything very perfectly. Yeah, the the film, it has a a large variety of uh, textures almost to it. Right. Again, you talk about like. You know, it goes to the beach, but then there's also the snow and then there's the city and there's country life. It feels like you get a very full view of this world that he's created without ever being inundated with like, oh, here's like, you know, here's exactly where this building is or here's where this person lives compared to this person. Like, it's just like, yeah, it does. Yeah, it, it just feel like we like really kind of travel around a lot. And I mean, the movie's less than two hours, so it's kind of great how he's able to kind of like really jump around a lot very fluidly. Yeah. And and the the second half of the film, a lot of the second half of the film is him. It's just him and his wife. Wife, right? Is it wife? Wife. Okay, wife. I don't know if like it was girlfriend or wife or partner or whatever. Uh anyways, it's just him and his wife just like chilling out. And it's they're fucking chilling. It's a lot of chilling. Like there is a lot, a lot of chilling going on. <laughs> 
Yeah, because like he does, he does. So he like, yeah, commits the bank robbery, and then he basically disperses the money to the widow who works at like a like a takeout restaurant to his wheelchair friend Haribe, and he also sends money, of course, to the loan sharks. But they're still angry. He paid off the money, but he didn't pay off the interest, so they're they're pissed. Which, of course, they also know that he robbed a. Well, I guess they're not sure that he robbed a bank, but they they kind of like joke about it, right? They're like, "Oh, he must have robbed the bank." Like, yeah, no, yeah, he would never do that. that. Like, How was he able to pay us? Yeah, <laughs> but of course they're they're loan sharks, so they're not going to be happy no matter how much you uh, yeah you pay them. More, yeah, <laughs> it's probably a good time to kind of talk about too about his friend Haribe. That's kind of like the whole section with like a bunch of different interesting parts where he confides to him. Haribe confides to him that like he wants to like take a painting because he's not doing anything. He's just sitting around, and I think he Nishi sends him paint supplies and. He kind of goes on this little journey where he's like painting all these different pictures and stuff. He like he's like wheelchairing around and he like there's that scene where he sees all the flowers, which is a very like out there scene, honestly, but it's a good one, I think. I love that they kept that scene in because it doesn't necessarily add much to the plot at all. It's a long scene, probably a couple minutes long, where it's just like flower painting, 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 and um. It's not adding like anything. It's not moving the plot forward at all. But it doesn't matter. I mean, it's a beautiful scene. It's beautiful. The music in this is is absolutely wonderful. Yeah, music by Joe uh, Hisashi, who's the Studio Ghibli. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. The I, I thought it was it was pretty familiar, but it, it's a beautiful moment. And for a film that's so patient, you know, even though it's as patient as it is, to be willing to kind of take this moment to uh, consume these images is. It's fascinating and interesting and brave, Andrew. It's very brave. Yeah, it's brave. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. No, I agree with you. It's a very nice, like you said, like you've already said, you know, it's a very good moment. And um, I like that character. Sometimes like, I, sometimes whenever he appeared on screen, I couldn't help but laugh a little bit because it's just so kind of like, for me, kind of like funny, just how like fucked up his life is. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Hilarious. You know, just like, yeah, it's just, well, it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's very movie-y, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just kind of like, a character who's like paralyzed and his wife and his daughter left him and he's got nothing and but he takes up painting like i don't know there's something kind of dramatic about that but i'm okay with it just because like obviously the paintings are very personal to kitano he cares he likes them a lot i like them i think i like how they look and i think that that character that character is probably one of the very few um i would say good arcs like uh positive arcs that happens in the movie where by the end he sort of, I guess, like, I guess symbolically decides not to kill himself, basically. Which, of course, uh, juxtaposes our, our main characters who have this very long romp and they're traveling to all these places, uh, all these different beautiful locations. And, of course, that scene doesn't end too happily. But, you know, even with this, right, you can see that Nishi has this uh, dark side which of course we've seen multiple times before, but even like, you know, there's the guy that's uh, just skipping rocks and he talks to like the wife and he's like, Hey, those, those flowers are dead. It's like bullying her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's not, not the nicest guy in the world. And then Mishi just like beats the shit out of this guy. Yeah. He destroys him. <laughs> he really, be- he really wallops him. Uh, yeah. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit about anything. I mean, he like punched him in the face and then he basically just waterboards this poor man. Yeah. He gets him. And of course, uh, we have one of those other silly scenes, right? The mobsters, whatever you want to call them, loan shark people come back. The Yakuza. The Yakuza. And uh, 
this guy's like sitting near the ocean or whatever, like waiting for his clothes to dry out. And you just watch him like sprint off again. Like, yeah, he runs away. Just like a, a little silly moment. You know, there's like not much taken into it. And of course, you know, they're threatening him and they're being all mean or whatever. And he just obliterates them again. It's good. It's a good time. Yeah. Like you said, the Yakuza are after him because they need to pay off his full debt. Um, but also the, the the detective guy from earlier in the movie is also looking for him because I think he knows that he robbed a bank. So he's investigating, trying to find him as well. And while, like you said, like he and his wife are kind of hanging out in the countryside, you know, probably just trying to like get away from everything and have like, you know, a good time with his wife. They, you know, eat food, they hang out at the beach, uh, they light fireworks. You have that funny moment where he lights a firework and it doesn't go off and then he stands by near it and it goes off. You know, they're just kind of chilling. They go up into like the snowy mountains and they stay at like this like nice place. They're just he she runs over his hand. Oh jeez. Yeah. One time, which is funny. <laughs> she falls through the snow. Like, you know, it's just really just them kind of like hanging out. And it's just it's chill as fuck. It really is. I mean, it's it's about as chill as you can get. And I'll admit personally, I found the second half to move a bit slowly because again, there's very little dialogue. There's not a lot going on. It is very chill. So you do definitely have to be in a certain mode to to properly experience it. And I think looking back on it, I enjoyed a lot more than I did in the moment, especially because like I know where things are going and, and how it's all going to end. But in the moment, it did feel a little slow for me. Like it was a little, it was paced that, you know, it's kind of waiting for something to happen, waiting for, because those action scenes are just so, few and far in between and yet so wonderful that uh you know I, I definitely at times kind of wish there was there was a bit more of that not that there's anything wrong you know with them chilling I mean those were very beautiful and and, and calm scenes and, and fun and silly but I think at the moment and, and not so much looking back but definitely at the moment I kind of wish there was more uh action going on it definitely picks back up a little bit in terms of like I don't know after they uh go to the resort in the uh, snowy mountains where, you know, the Yakuza, they, they pay him a visit and he's like a fucking like Superman guy. Like he, he really he, is. He like stop, he like stops from being shot by put his like finger in like kind of like the, uh, in the gun, which is great. I've never seen that in a, I've never seen that in a movie before uh, where he like, yeah, he's able to like stop a gun from like a gun from, you know, I, I forget the thing. It's the thing that you, it's, pull you back cock on. it back and then like, yeah, he yeah, puts it like he, in that yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's able to stop it. Insane. And then he like beats up that guy. And then he goes. The the movie's kind of funny too, because one thing about these Yakuza cop movies is that they build up that one henchman Yakuza guy with like who wears like the white uh turtleneck. They build up that guy as like a badass like henchman guy. And you think he's gonna have like a bigger part in the movie than he does, because like these movies always build up like a hen like a really badass henchman guy who was probably going to battle like our, our main character. Yeah. But, but, but when, but what he does, Nishi does is that he goes inside of the car where the boss and all of his henchmen guys are. And he just fucking murders them. Immediately. All. He immediately just murders in two them. seconds. He just like shoots everybody. And even the main henchman guy who, you know, you're assuming like, Oh, there's going to be like this big showdown between the two of them. No, there isn't. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's uh, as, as you said before, kind of with the high scene and a lot of these scenes kind of uh, subverting your expectations, you're expecting, you know, especially because we've been building up these characters through the whole film, you're expecting these kind of good, bad, and the ugly style, uh, right. Long showdowns almost. And just like all the other violence, it just happens 
so quickly. And I guess in this case, he does actually show uh, him shooting them, which is a, uh, it is a satisfying moment. But even then, like, it's just, it's so quick. It is just, it's just like, bam, 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 yeah, done. Like, over. he doesn't get shot. He, he, he wins. Uh, he wins. He's like, again, like you said, he's like a, he's a John Wick style, almost like superhero. Like, this guy is just yeah unbeatable, which is fine. I think it works well. Yeah. But once again, it's like, you know, of course, you know, he, he's awesome and badass, but he, he can't do everything, which, you know, is his, you know, big downfall. Yeah. And I think later on, I think the detective finds it. Yeah, um, if the I'm detective, the detectives like right behind uh, them, they're like showing up at the places right after they do. And uh, they find the car and uh, all the Yakuza uh, in the car. And so uh, Nishi and his wife go to the beach, the final location of the film. And, you know, they're, they're chilling there. They're watching a guy fly a kite and the detective the shows girl. up. Yep. The little girl's flying a kite. And uh, that's also that's Kitano's real life daughter, by the way. Is it really? Yeah. That's cool. I love those kind of little things. That's a, that's a nice little touch. Very nice. And the detectives show up. And so Nishi's like, you know, I know what's about to happen. And so he asks for a few moments or a few found moments with his wife. And of course you see him load his gun with two bullets. So you know what's about to happen. Especially because like a bit earlier, they show uh, the suicide picture, which is like uh, light and dark and snow and, and, and suicide. And so you get what's about to happen. Yeah. And uh, of course, the music swells. You see the two of them watching the kite and we we pan away from our characters. And it's like this beautiful final moment. Yeah, you think it's going to end. <laughs> and then you hear those two shots. Wow, what a great ending. It's so silent at that moment. I, I forgot to talk about, you know, even though there's this, this wonderful music, along with there being very little dialogue, is it's just an extremely quiet film. Like that scene uh, that they repeat a couple of times where his partners get shot and killed, that scene is completely silent, right? It's just complete silence running under it. And it's, it's such a uh, disturbing and surreal feeling. And at this last moment, right after you hear those gunshots, like the only sound is the ocean. And it's, it's intense. It's, <laughs> it's a really intense final moment. And I think the last, I think the last image, yeah, is like the girl supposedly seeing, you know, her, the, the, the two dead, people who've just been shot in the head you know it's uh yeah it's definitely kitano's endings are amazing uh, from what i've seen and this one in particular is very harsh it's very like obviously like like i said you know i guess the whole movie as a whole isn't entirely depressing because he kind of gives like gifts and help to people that he like wants to take care of right like his friends and the widow and stuff like that and so i think like he, he like does like really good things and stuff but you know i think he kind of is just like he's just kind of like you know it's not going to end well for me or my wife so because if i get arrested she'll be by herself and if she's by herself like that won't be good for her you know she only has a, a limited amount of time right like she's gonna die soon anyways and i really don't want to go to jail why would i want to go to jail so yeah, I think he just yeah like puts their the faith. He's just kind of like, well, at the end of the day, like she's gonna die and I'm gonna die, so I might as well speed up the process, I guess. And yeah, it's just like it's not it's not really like a sad thing. It's more just kind of like a, a final thing, I guess, like a like a conclusion almost. Obviously, it is suicide and it is sad, um, but it's just kind of like I don't know. It's it, it, he's like thought it through almost um, in a very like yeah kind of sick way. I don't know. Yeah, it's a great ending. It's so good. And like you said, you know, like every other part of this film, Nishi's kind of 
thought out every last thing and what the ending is i can't remember this phrase it's it's from some uh, screenwriting book it's uh, simultaneously completely unexpected but uh, also like the only ending that can happen right there's really no other way this film could end and yet like you're surprised at that moment but you know they're like oh yeah that like that like everything adds up to like this moment like this is the only thing that can happen in this moment and when it does you're right it's not necessarily sad I mean, it is, it is sad. It's pretty um, sad. But there's a sense of completeness, I guess, to it almost. And um, I, I like that uh, line that the detective says at the end of the movie too, where he says, I don't think I could ever, I think he says, I don't think I could ever live like that or something like that. I don't know if, I, I was confused by the line because I don't know if he's talking about like the person flying the kite or if he's talking about Nishi. I think that's kind of like, I think it's it's a bit of a, a double entendre in the sense that uh, it's implied that he could be talking about either of them, right? He, he could be talking about uh, the girl flying the kite, yeah, or or he could be talking about Nishi. And maybe in a certain sense, you could argue that Nishi and the girl flying kite are living a, a similar existence, right? They're kind of just living in the moment. They're living to be there right now. Like, they're completely present. There's nothing else, right? The girl uh, is completely consumed by just flying her kite, just as Nishi is, is completely consumed in those moments, even though he's he's just robbed a bank. And, you know, he, he's got the detectives on his tail and the Yusinki on his, Yusinki, whatever, uh, on his tail too. I think he's also saying that fact that like um, he knows that Nishi has like a ton of baggage and stuff like that. So I think he's saying that like, I don't think I could ever live with myself if I have, if I had done those things, you know what I mean? I probably would have not, I probably would have killed myself too. No, absolutely. I think you're uh, completely right. It's uh, again, a, a very sad, touching yet a uh, fulfilling ending. So uh, final thoughts and rating for the movie, Andrew? Great movie. Really good. You know, just uh, really, it uh, looks good. I think it's nice and patient and slow, but also, you know, when it wants to be like really punchy, it, I think it succeeds in that. Yeah, I mean, it's just really solid. You know, I don't think it's perfect, but it's quite fantastic. There's a lot of, you know, Kitano made a lot of movies, you know, so there's a lot to... Um, there's a lot to look through. I would give it a, a pretty high up there eight. It's it's very lovely. It's a very lovely movie. I completely agree with all of your sentiments about the film. It's a very beautiful film, although a bit depressing. As I said before, I think my biggest complaint is it does run a little bit slow for me at times. But again, kind of looking back on it and rewatching it today as we discuss this film, I, I think it does run at a bit of a, a faster pace. I think I'm going to go with a, a similar 8 out of 10. This is the first of his films I've seen. I definitely want to get more into his stuff. He seems like a very uh, interesting filmmaker. So I'm I'm excited. I'm pumped. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening. We're excited to be back. We're excited to do a lot more of these. Uh, you can find everything I do at AustinLugo12. Yeah, me on uh, Twitter at ADHarp24. I'm also on Letterboxd at RetroAndrew, R-E-T-R-0, Andrew. And you can find everything that we do on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Letterboxd at Theater42 or With Nothing to Say. And until we meet again.